0: the Marcus Cote Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Cote. Hey guys, welcome back to today's episode. This is the first one to kick off 2023, so I look forward to bringing you more episodes this year. On today's episode, I'm joined by Joey Wright. Joey Wright is one of the greats Coaches in the NBL. He's coached more playoffs than any other coach in the NBL, three times coach of the year and championship winner at Brisbane Bullets. It was awesome to sit down and have a chat with Joey. He's full of knowledge. He runs his own business called Shoot for HQ and Transition Sports Adelaide. Thanks again for your time, Joey, and I look forward to sharing this with everybody. Welcome to the Marcus Coat Fitness Podcast, Joey.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Marcus. I appreciate it.
0: That's a pleasure and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity. It's obviously the first one for the year for getting it out. It's going to be, it's going to be the first one to kick off. Firstly, how are things going for yourself? Did you get a good break
1: in? I, uh, I did enjoy the break, but I'm, I'm a bit of a workaholic, so I got bored by the third day. <laughs> <laughs> I planned on taking two weeks off and not doing any basketball for two weeks and just kind of hang out at the house and and that lasted three days, and then I needed to get back out in the gym, so I'm back.
0: That's awesome. I suppose, yeah, is, is everyone kind of back in with you at the moment now? Players and coaches and that for you?
1: Yeah, you know, we 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 um. I think my coaches went. They kept going through. I told them they could have a couple weeks off too, but they kept booking kids in and booking uh players in. So they they worked right right through the break.
0: Well, that's right. They, they might need a little extra after this, maybe during the year or so.
1: Yeah, they might wear down after a while, but I I got them. They got me, so I got them.
0: Firstly, starting off, I know we just ask this question, obviously, um, your background as a player and a coach, and yeah, just love to get, uh, for listeners to get your background. I know a lot of people um, know your background a bit, but for, for listeners out there that um don't, yeah, just where it all started for you. Well,
1: I'm from a southern town um, in, in Illinois called Alton. It's a very small town. And I was raised there till I was 12, and then I moved to Indiana, um, East Chicago, Indiana. Um, and that's when I, when I was 12. And that's kind of where the basketball really, really got going. Um, I played at the age of seven, but I was pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> I was pretty bad up until about 14, 15 years old. And I started getting a little better. And by 16 and 17, got a lot better and then was able to earn a scholarship uh, to play college basketball. So I did that at Drake University the first year. Yep. And then I transferred to Texas University, um, and I played three years at Texas, and then was drafted by the Phoenix Suns. So that, that was kind of my collegiate career. And then professionally, um, I was cut by Phoenix, and then I played in the basic equivalent to the CBA in the States. Yeah, um, I did that for one year, and then I decided to go overseas and just kind of travel and, and just really enjoyed different countries and australia was my last country and it was the best country <laughs> and still here now 30 years later so loved it
0: did you ever think coaching was something that you were interested in as a player at the time as well
1: always knew i would be a coach always um i was from probably the age of 20 21 my friends just called me coach
2: yeah
1: so i was you know i i even in college, I would take the team down to the other end and take them through things and direct them, instruct them. Uh, but I was always um, called coach, so I knew I was going to coach. For seven years after playing, I didn't do any coaching, and uh, I still was called coach every day. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, So day. I'd go to the gym and play pickup, and uh, all the young guys just called me coach. Uh, so I, I knew I would get into it eventually, but I wanted to make sure I had a financial, uh, financial set up before i started
0: yeah that's awesome mentors for you when you obviously were starting your coaching did you have a few coaches that you used to look up to or and they them take you under a wing a little bit as well
1: well my initially my college coach um tom penders who coached me in college a lot of my philosophy and how i think and approach basketball is really because of him yeah Uh, he he set a tone at texas for for how you play basketball and i don't think it's been uh, emulated since. Um, he was just a really great mentor for me. And uh, throughout my coaching times, I would give him a call and, and speak to him uh, b- about coaching. But yeah, I, I didn't have a, a whole lot of mentors. Um, I just had to wing it a lot and trial and error and put a lot of time in.
0: No, I, said, I like that trial and error. I think it, it works on so many different things in day to day life and things that, yeah, that might, as I said, you can find what, what you do like and some things you don't like. And that's where I suppose you can get some ideas out of that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: And then your first gig as a coach, how was the experience of that for yourself?
1: Um, my first gig as a coach was a high school team um, in um, Texas. And um, i <laughs> it's funny because I went to the interview and, you know, at the interview they just said, oh, yeah, the job's yours. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. You know, this was I thought, and they go. Oh, do you know the pay? And I said, No, I don't know the pay. I said, You know what is it? And they go, Nine hundred dollars. And I said, Wow. Well, I said, uh, You know what? I know it's tough, and I got to get started somewhere. So nine hundred dollars a month is, if that's what it is, that's what it is. And they go, Now it's nine hundred for the season. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the good thing was I did get free, and this was better than the nine hundred dollars. I get free nights anytime <laughs> I want. So I could go get a brand-new pair of shoes every week if I wanted. Um, and so that was pretty cool. Uh, but other than that, it was just 900 bucks. and It was a small private school who had never won a game in district. And we went from district all the way down to state champs. Uh, we didn't win the state champ, but we got to the final game of state champs for a team that never won a game in district. And so it was a pretty big feat. Uh, hopefully one day it'll be a movie about us. But uh, yeah. yeah it's a really really big feat for that to happen and we, we had a good time with it and then from there i went to st edwards university for about a month and then um as an assistant coach and then i was uh picked up by the brisbane bullets and then yep. uh, been here ever since
0: great to hear it, obviously from, from hearing our story obviously of us everyone's gonna start somewhere but yeah i think mm-hmm. it's it definitely experience-wise and pushes in the right step to continue and where you want to get to as well. So obviously, like, it's in different jobs. The pay's not great, I'm sure, sometimes, but you might have to volunteer on, on certain things. Um, I know I've, I've done that in my time and still continue to do it as well in my business, and I think it's a good way to also network with people as well, and they see you out there, and they're always thinking, well, oh, it's, it's his volunteer and his time as well. So, yeah, I think it's to get where you want, I think it's, it's always uh, hard to the start. But um, it it will pay off in the end. That's it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And then going into obviously now, obviously Brisbane boards have got you on board here. How? Well, we're going to touching on the the NBL now. How how was your experience in the NBL? And yeah, did you did you enjoy your time at um your three different clubs there as well? And obviously Adelaide was your last ones there, being there for the six years as well.
1: Yeah. Look, coming into Brisbane Bullets. Um... They didn't have a lot of expectations because they were 0-10 when I took over. So if we could win a few games, (laughs) they were pretty. (laughs) And I think we won our next six of 10 games um, when I got there. Um, I think we won the first three or four in a row. So guys were feeling pretty good about themselves. And we went on to that season. We still finished last that year um, just because of the terrible start. Uh, But we had set a foundation that we could be successful. And so the next year was a lot easier to recruit because teams had seen the style of play, players had seen the style of play, and it was a lot able, uh, a lot easier to recruit. And we were able to build a team pretty quick. I got pretty lucky in having two of the smartest players I coached ever in the first year, which was Derek Rucker and Stephen Black. Um, I just got lucky because those two guys were smarter than me. Um, <laughs> So it was uh it was great to have them too as my my uh point guard and two guard when we were trying to build a team
0: yeah that's it and then us being there as a coach as well did did you think you set the foundations of how you coached and your style um pretty well when you first got there as well, and the team understood it
1: yeah i mean it's a fun style to play like we it was all in one end, so you know we didn't just have a few stars that were going to shoot all the shots, everybody got a chance to shoot. Um, everybody got a chance to play as long as they played defense well and, and got out there and hustled and was unselfish. Um, we 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 played nine ten deep, so the style of play was fun and we were able to carry that on to the the Gold Coast plays. And I think I think we established a really good team there. If that team, if the club hadn't folded, yeah, that's someone we had a squad that was going to be outstanding. I think we would have won three or four championships in a row. Yeah, we um, had a young Kadi, a young Gibson, a young um, Chris Golden. Um, we had um, um, who else was on that team? Peril Cameron, uh, Micah Bakuna. Um, that team was was primed to just be a really, really good basketball team, and we got cut a little bit short just because they folded due to finances.
0: Yeah, I know that's it. I hope that they well, maybe one day bring bring them back, and would would be good to say as well. But. That's, that's great there. And obviously going back to obviously winning the championship at Brisbane there, how was the experience there? And I'm sure like memories and um, obviously long-time connections will stay now forever with you guys as well.
1: Yeah, it, the experience, you know, especially building a team from kind of the bottom up and then winning a the championship, um, it was outstanding. They hadn't won one in 20 years. So to to, to win that championship, would, it, it really felt good. I, you know, I wish I would have probably saved it more knowing that it was going to be my only one. <laughs> so, uh, but it was, it was a really good experience. But I think more importantly, just the, the group of individuals were so special. Um, you Mark Brackey. You know, he taught me, you know, a tremendous amount yeah. while I was coaching him. Dylan Boucher, you know, his unselfishness was, you know, off the charts. Sam McKinnon, you know, just one of the smartest guys, of coach as well. He's extremely smart, and you know, Mick Hill. We just had some really good guys on that team. Adam Gibson, um, and then you know, you look at CJ Bruton and Ebby Aras. CJ is one of the best players I ever coached, and Ebby Aras one of the best imports I ever coached. So all those guys with all that intelligence, all stuck on one team, and they all got along, and it just you know, it's no wonder why we won a championship that year
0: yeah that's it i think it's like as i said everyone's everyone's all in kind of thing and said everyone, everyone plays a role i think it obviously makes makes the team very successful and obviously can win win a lot of championships too
2: mm, mm, for sure
0: now going on to your time at adelaide being spending a lot of your time there as well and how was your experience at adelaide and um, obviously do you still keep in contact with the players and uh, coaching staff to this day as well
1: yeah. I mean, CJ Bruton's coaching. So he's, you know, that's, that's my guy there. Um, so, you know, I'm still supporting them and hoping they do well. A lot of people think that's crazy because you know, I left there. Yeah. Um, I, I, look, I, 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 enjoyed my time when I was there. Um, obviously when I picked up a team, that finished last like three, three years in a row. Um, and we were able to build them up and go to the grand final the very next year and then, con- you know, routinely make finals, um, we, you know, we tapered off the last couple of years. Uh, we had different ownership coming in with different philosophies and those philosophies didn't really match my philosophy. Um, so I thought it was best for me to go. He thought it was best for me to go. And we actually were amicable when I left. Um, and then um, I was just really disappointed in some of the rhetoric they put around my name when I left. Um, you know, I've, I've done this for 18 years and the Picture they tried to paint of who I was that last year you can't be that person and coach for 18 years you mm. can't do it you, you just can't do it um, I can't fake it for 18 years um, it was really just a, a marketing uh, plan for them to kind of get, get make themselves look good but look I, I you know I enjoyed it I can't say I wish anything would have been different Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it and it set me up for you know to do what i'm doing now
0: yeah that's great and uh, i love to hear that as well and i know media like to uh, play up a, a fair bit as well so it's always hard with that uh, with things that do come out and those things things which uh, i suppose it's half their job too but it's not very nice to when when you've when you've uh, done so much for the club and it's, it's coming out like that so uh mm yeah, which is, it's hard, hard to see as well, which, yeah, it's not good at all. But yeah, I think I said, like me being able to watch, uh, like you coach the LA Fix as, as a kid as well. Like, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see. And yeah, I just loved, loved, uh, see, seeing you do, do what you, uh, do what you did there as well with, with the players and, and the teams. I think it's, um, it's great. And, obviously they're going pretty well at at the moment so hopefully they hope they can continue their run and definitely make that playoff chase and yeah, definitely hope you can get up for that uh, that championship as well
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: moving out um obviously of the coaching i'm, I'm sure it would have been hard in that in that time period now, but I see that you do have a couple of businesses that that are going really well for yourself. So I'd love to touch on how they got started and yeah, where where they come about for you too. It's obviously the shoot HQ and then is a transition sport Adelaide? Is that the both right. those things? awesome. Would yeah. you like to just yeah touch on how they got started?
1: Well initially um well when I left the Sixers, um COVID hit. And so, you know, we're kind of just sitting at home doing nothing and Jack McBay <laughs> was like, hey, you know, we still can work out. And I was like, well, look, they told us we can't go to any gyms. And he was like, we can work out outside. I don't care. And so I said, cool. I said, it's a park around the corner um, from my house. It's got great rims, you know, and we can meet there. So uh, Jack came and Nick Marshall, um, who's, you know, turned into a fantastic star, Um, him and um, Nick's younger brother and Daniel Johnson. They came yeah. out, and kind of working out outside, and you know, just having a good time with it. And then a few kids saw us, you know, kind of working out. They wanted to join in, and I said, "Yeah, that's fine." A few more players found out about it before I knew it. We had forty, fifty people at a court <laughs> every every day because it was, you know, nothing to do. Yeah. And, and it, we legally we could work out at that time outside, yeah. um, as long as we were at the park. So. Um, uh, started doing that and then my wife uh said, Look, um, you need to start making some money from this. You are getting up every day and going like you got a job now, and you yeah. know, this you don't have a job. And I was like, Look, yeah. I don't feel comfortable charging these guys. They, you know, they played for me before. Yeah. And she said, Okay, but what about charging all these other kids? And I was like, Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And so a buddy of mine had started transitioning to Melbourne. Yep. Yeah. Darren Hindle. And he said, um, look, you can use the name there, Transition uh, Sports. And I said, uh, well, I'll buy it from him. So I gave him a, a little bit of money, and I just created Transition Sports Adelaide. Yeah. And um, we went from 20 kids to 40 kids to 60 kids to 80 kids to 100 kids to 120 kids. And now we train close to 200 kids a week. We got 12 coaches on staff. And so it just it just went to this mega academy, and it's been really fun. Really fun.
0: That's awesome. It's a great way to build a client base and uh, get get yourself out. I think it's a, it's a great from building, building to the start, and I'm sure it's going to continue. Now, is it all different ages that that you do see when they come in?
1: We do. We we go from eight to to eighteen. We have a holistic approach where we we work with them in theory. We work with them on practice, so they they're getting you know off-the-court stuff in theory. They're getting practice stuff on the court. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we we do classroom work. And so we try to look at the whole picture. We teach them about their body. Dietitians come in. Yeah. Um, videos come in. Sports sites come in. And we just really try to affect the guy, the kids in a, in a whole range of things to get them thinking about just how they can be better at basketball and not just by making more shots. And um, we have a color system where if you're uh, a white ball, you're at the bottom. If you're a yellow ball, next level. Blue ball, next level. Orange ball, next level. Yellow, and then the the bottom is a black, much like karate. Yeah. And you know they try to earn their stripes and, and get themselves up. So that's kind of how we marketed it, and um, and it's it's taken off and done really well. That kind of was moved me into my next venture which was Shoot HQ
2: because
1: yep. I was purchasing court time so much from Shoot HQ um, that I just decided to buy it so yep. I, I ended up buying it and we've done a lot of changes and it's come off really well.
0: That's awesome the setup now for you, what what's it like on the setup? Now is it courts, gym style, is it classroom mm-hmm. in there as well?
1: So what we do is, I'm actually here now so I'm here at Shoot HQ now <laughs> We're we're in our members lounge here, Um, so we're in our members lounge, and here um, we have our our cardio and 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 our um, our TV here, and a lounge, and our physio operates out of here as well. Uh, Massage therapist operates out of this lounge area. Downstairs we have three court, three rims, not three courts. We have a half court and two keyway courts.
2: Yep.
1: Um, and we have two weights sections downstairs one is more like a freeway area and one is more like a cable cardio type area Yep. Uh, so we we you know we've changed it around we decorated a lot we added you know showers and all kind of stuff to place and uh, you know it, it's a really cool uh funky little place leds everywhere And I mean just we're having fun with it we're having a lot yeah. of fun
0: no, it sounds really great. As I said, I've seen a few on like social media, and it looks really good, I think. The way do you see, do the kids, like, when they come in, is it more of the butt? Like, do they go courts first with, like, the style of coaching maybe with you and then dim after, or is it before, or is it work? working different ways that way too?
1: Well, what we do is we have six resident coaches here, and those coaches will train players on the court. Yep. Uh, we do offer memberships to the facility because it's 24-hour shooting. Yeah. So come in and shoot for twenty-four hours. Um, we also um, have a S and C who does training as well. Yep. So, you know, sometimes they'll come in and get some S&C work and go take some shots, and sometimes yep. they'll go get some SEC work. Or um, our members will book courts. So we you know, we have a lot of different avenues for kids to get better and we just try to create a safe environment where kids can come in and have fun, work hard no inhibitions you know we we, you know we don't care how good you are we just care about how hard you want to work
0: yeah no that. i think that's great and that's a, it's a good way to learn and um, i think it's awesome to include all the like i said all the all the sort of things the fitness side of things the recovery side of things as well and i'm um, obviously having those sports uh sports psychs and nutritionists and dietitians that do And i think it's a great way to introduce kids to it as well and they'll obviously get a better understanding of um, how things work, and how maybe when they go to the next level, or how athletes have to train to to get better each each day, I think as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Small. Would you have as a as a small group? Would you have how many players? Would you maybe have in a group, or do you have uh, kind of a team team environment a bit, or is it like one on one, two that you prefer?
1: All, all our our sessions here at Shoot HQ are, are a small group and individuals. Yeah. So small groups range from um one to six and then we also have our individuals where um our individuals are you know one-on-one with the coach face-to-face usually run each session about an hour um and they come in they book six sessions they can use those six sessions anytime they want but it's been it's i've just found it really really rewarding look working with young athletes after working with professional athletes for so long (laughs) and just some of the messages i get i've got one no more than about 30 minutes ago that really yeah. really warmed my heart and almost made me tear up just from my, <laughs> um the message from a mom yeah because i've been helping her son with some stuff and and she just she yeah the message was really warming
0: yeah that's it and that's that's why you do it and that's what that's what we love sometimes i think and it, it puts a space perspective in obviously how much how important coaches are and lucky like guys it's it's great for the young kids it's it's something they enjoy too and it's it's very rewarding at the same time
1: yeah for sure for sure
0: last question I just want to finish on obviously this would be a good segue into it advice for young athletes and uh, kids going through the ranks what they should focus on.
1: look you got to focus on the process the process of working to get better it's not anything about where you're at now. every kid has to get better I don't care how good they are what what their potential how tall they are. If you're 16, 17, 18 year old, you still got to get better. So it doesn't matter how good you are now. Stop looking for the rewards, fall in love with the process, and see what happens. If you fail or what you think is failing, you're going to learn so much from developing a process that you're going to be able to apply that somewhere else. I know where I didn't meet my expectations as a player. Like I wanted to play in the NBA and be an all star and play you know, thirty years, you know. Um, I did make it, but I have no regrets because I know I gave everything I got. You don't want to have those regrets when you get older. So fall in love with the process, put in the hard work. That work becomes easier and easier the more you do it. Um, so I, I you know, I try to tell kids they get too caught up in the now. Don't give up what you want later for what you want now.
0: That's great. I love that as well. and I definitely know listeners would take that on board and they'll be able to achieve their goals from there as well. First, I just want to say a big thank you, Joey, to jumping on today. I really do appreciate it. It was a great opportunity to sit down and have a chat with you as well.
1: No problem, Marcus. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. If I can do anything to help you out, let me know.
0: No, thank you. And for, uh, any people out there, where can they find you on social media?
1: We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, you know, um, shoot. just Google, you know, put in Shoot HQ on any of the socials, or Transition Sports Adelaide on any of the socials, and we'll come right up.
0: Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes for you guys. So, yeah, if you're in the Adelaide area, definitely go check out Joey and the team's work there. They're doing great stuff, and check them out there as well. Same again, thanks for your time, Joe. I really do appreciate it. Awesome, guys. I'm going to leave it here on this one. This is obviously the first episode to kick off the year. So I look forward to sharing with you guys and we'll chat in the next episode.
1: Thank you, Marcus.